Hi, Jason. Could you uh, briefly let us know a bit about your background with the Border Patrol and what you are engaged in now? Absolutely. I began my career with the Border Patrol in September 1999, so 22 years ago last month. Uh, my first duty assignment was in a small South Texas town called Carrizo Springs. I've also held positions at the Border Patrol Academy in Artesia, New Mexico, and at the National Targeting Center in Northern Virginia. Uh, currently, I'm a, I am assigned to headquarters in Washington, D.C., where I oversee the Border Patrol's processing system, E3, and the Border Patrol's biometrics program. So when did uh, the Border Patrol implement multimodal biometric collections on individuals uh, illegally crossing the border? Well, the Border Patrol's been collecting uh, fingerprints at the time of encounter since the mid-90s. At that time, it was a two-fingerprint search against IDENT, primarily for the purpose of identifying recidivists. After the Rafael Resendez Ramirez case in the late 90s, uh, it became very clear that we needed to expand our biometric collection to a 10 fingerprint collection and that we needed to start sharing that information with other government agencies. We added iris images to the biometric collection in February 2014. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned collecting iris in 2014. Uh, why was the Border Patrol interested in collecting iris at that time? Well, one of the main reasons uh, that we were interested in the iris modality is many of the individuals that we encounter have fingerprints that have been uh, worn down or intentionally damaged. Since many of the individuals that we encounter are, are laborers and they work in jobs like construction, it's not uncommon for them to have friction ridges that have been completely worn off. Uh, usually this is from handling things like masonry or chemicals on a daily basis. So this makes it almost impossible to capture quality classifiable fingerprints. We've also seen cases where subjects have attempted to remove their fingerprints by burning them with a cigarette or cutting them with a knife in order to hide their real identities. It should come as no surprise that people are much less likely to intentionally damage their eyes and we know that the iris tends to be fairly stable uh, throughout a person's lifetime. Uh, although like, eye disease can sometimes impact uh, our ability to collect a quality iris image, it usually doesn't happen in both eyes. And as long as we can collect at least one good uh, iris image, our software will allow us to do that. Uh, adding this modality allows us to, to now create a biometric record on subjects whose fingerprints are less than ideal or just won't work at all. Are these collections done exclusively on the southern uh, U.S. border or where else is data like this collected? So we collect, uh, as far as the Border Patrol is concerned, we collect fingerprints, face, and iris at all of our Border Patrol stations on the northern border, the coastal border, and of course our southwest border. Okay, and then after this data is collected, where is it enrolled or stored in with respect to U.S. government databases? So we search uh, the three big U.S. biometric repositories, so IDENT, NGI, and ABIS. Depending on the nature of the encounter, how that subject's being processed, that subject's age, we will also enroll those biometrics into IDENT. 
if the subject is receiving a criminal or an administrative charge, then we also enroll or book uh, those those biometrics into the FBI's NGI database. Hmm, interesting. Uh, could you share some uh, lessons learned uh, with respect to the rollout of the E3 multimodal uh, program? Well, I'm not sure if this actually qualifies as uh, as lessons learned. Uh, I think it's probably more of an unforeseen benefit, but I do think it's worthy of mentioning. You know, currently the the Border Patrol is using the Iris ID, the TD100. Uh, camera for our iris collection and we've been uh, pleased with the camera and since the camera actually has like some on-screen guidance uh, a square that directs our agents exactly where to place that subject's face or kind of a rectangle showing us exactly where to place the subject's eyes um, what we have seen is that we are just able to, to capture much better enrollment photos uh, prior to the TD100, we were using small web cameras, which our agents were holding with one hand. And since those cameras didn't have on-screen guidance, they didn't have you know, shutter buttons, they were forced to, to look down at the computer, which made it difficult to center the subject's face uh, when they were taking the picture. And because they were holding the camera with one hand, uh, often the camera was unsteady and, and the photos that we were, were capturing were blurry. Yeah. And so... The benefit now is that because we're taking better, uh, you know, enrollment photos, this is going to make any future plans that we have to incorporate facial recognition, facial comparison technology, much more accurate. No side benefit there, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was wondering what you thought the long-term benefits of using multimodal biometric collection across, you know, like the total law enforcement spectrum, uh, you know, federal, state, and local. Could you share some background on that, what your thoughts are? Well, often when I'm when I'm out training Border Patrol agents on, on how to use this equipment, I always kind of give this, this uh, little story. I say that, you know, we, we search the IDENT, NGI, and ABIS databases. And ABIS, of course, is a Department of Defense own database and it contains I, I think around 18 million identities these are people who were in, encountered in often foreign countries and were in, encountered in areas of conflict um, the DOD has been collecting iris for some time and I think at least last time I checked they were holding about 40,000 identities that only had iris so these are identities that didn't have fingerprints or photo people that for whatever reason when they were collecting the biometrics they either chose not to or were unable to collect those fingerprints and photo but because we are now collecting iris as part of our biometric collection we now have access to all of those iris only identities uh, i think another you know benefit is as ident and ngi kind of start to grow their iris programs and transition from this this concept of a pilot to an official program, I think that this capability could not only potentially save agents time, but also uh, increase officer safety by providing uh, a, a new IRIS only search capability. Um, since, you know, the Border Patrol has been collecting IRIS in, uh, since 2014, we've enrolled well over a million subjects into IDENT and NGI 
And with this like new potentially beneficial iris only search, our agents could quickly identify in the field if a subject has been encountered before and had their iris collected. Often uh, knowing if a person has been encountered before for illegal entry or is wanted for some other criminal violation is all our agents really need to know in order to make an informed decision about whether or not to bring a person into custody. So this would potentially remove that need for kind of prolonged physical contact in the field, which is usually required for collecting fingerprints. And this, and this iris only uh, search capability uh, would, re would allow us to only need to collect fingerprints on those subjects who don't have uh, fingerprints, or I'm sorry, iris images on file. Yeah, that's interesting. Hey, I, Jason, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time uh, to chat with me. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking with you again. Uh, safe travels, and uh, thanks very much. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure.